0: Make sense of it. What if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President, Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Six days ago, scientists in South Africa detected a new variant of COVID.
2: The variant named Omicron poses an increased reinfection risk. There are a number of things that we already know about Omicron as a result of the work our scientists have been doing.
1: Immediately, concerns were raised about the number and type of mutations it has and the apparent speed at which it spreads.
2: It does appear that Omicron spreads very rapidly and can be spread between people who are double vaccinated.
1: Over the weekend, it hit headlines as it began to turn up in countries around the world.
2: There is one case of this new variant confirmed here in Israel. It was found in Canada's first known cases of the Omicron variant. I was informed that they have detected two cases of this new variant, Omicron, in the United Kingdom.
1: There's still very little known about the variant. But what we have seen is worrying enough to close borders, reinstate public health measures like quarantines and mask wearing, and speed up national vaccination programmes. Over the next few weeks, we were already planning to do 6 million booster jabs in England alone. But against this backdrop of this new variant, we want to go further and faster. So what do we know about Omicron? And... What could it mean for the weeks and months ahead, including, dare I say it, Christmas? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay and this is Science Weekly. Example: as science editor at The Guardian, you've been following the emergence of new COVID variants closer than most. Why is Omicron causing so much concern in comparison to the others that we've seen so far?
2: There's a few things that have really marked Omicron out. And one of the reasons it was detected was there was a big surge of infections in a part of South Africa called Hauteng. And when you look at the genome of the variant that's causing that, you find that there's a whole load of mutations in it, Um, a lot of them, more than 30 in the spike protein. And Obviously, the spike protein is the target for most of our natural immune defence, but also overwhelmingly for the immunity brought about by vaccines because most of the vaccines just um, produce the spike protein and show that to the immune system. So the more it's mutated, the less well, those antibodies will recognise the virus and, and be able to take it out of action.
1: So a big number of mutations, how much do we know about them or is it just inference at this point?
2: It's a bit of both. Some of the mutations have been seen in other variants before and we know they're problematic. And you can look at what those mutations do in those variants in the wild population, if you like. But Others have come to light really through lab studies where you just look at what sort of changes to which parts of the virus could be particularly problematic.
1: What have we seen so far with what happened in Teng and how much can we extrapolate out from that?
2: So in Hauteng, what was interesting is that the case numbers across the whole of South Africa actually were very low, especially compared to UK numbers. I mean, they were logging a few hundred cases a day in mid-November and they're up to a few thousand a day now. And when they looked at what was causing the rise in Hauteng, it was absolutely driven by this variant. Now, a lot of these infections were among university students and it may be that those universities sort of became places that really kind of amplified the spread of this variant. Also vaccination rates in across South Africa, about 25%. So you have a not very well vaccinated population very young, doing a lot of mixing, that this variant gets into. And so you would then actually expect to have an explosion of cases. And what we don't know yet is what happens when you take that variant and you drop it into a population like the UK's, which is highly vaccinated and where there's a lot of other virus in circulation, in our case, predominantly Delta. Because you know in South Africa, cases were so low, there wasn't actually much for the variant to compete against.
1: And another of the factors that scientists are already watching very carefully for is disease severity. And I have heard some reports that it could be associated with more mild symptoms. I mean, is it too soon to say? And when could we get a better picture of it?
2: Now, what you've seen in Hauteng is some doctors in, in that province have said, well, look, we've seen pretty mild disease so far. And yet that's great news. But It's exactly what you'd expect, because the majority of these infections are in young students. So we need to keep an eye on hospitalisation rates as this variant gets into the older and more vulnerable population, see what happens there, because at the moment it's way too early to say whether it's going to cause more severe disease or not.
1: Obviously, we're still collecting data on transmissibility and disease severity. How long will it be before we get a better idea of these factors?
2: One of the first things we'll get some information on is how well does this virus evade antibodies? Because those experiments are things you can do in the lab. They don't take a huge amount of effort. But what you have to do there is you have to get hold of the variant and you then have to just grow up enough of it so that you can test it against serum, basically, you know, blood plasma from people who've been vaccinated with whatever vaccine they've had. That will come through, I think, this week or next week. It might take a bit longer to find out how the rest of the immune system responds to this variant. So antibodies glue up the virus itself. T-cells do many things. But one of the things they do is take out infected cells. And often it's the T cells that protect you against severe disease. That could come a little bit later. That could be coming into mid-December. But then obviously on top of all of this, everyone's going to be looking in extremely close detail at the epidemiology. So what is happening in all of the people getting hospitalised? Do we know what their vaccination rates are? When did they have their second shot? People are going to be crawling over all of that data from every country that's had a case. You know, I think the first results end of this week, next week, from then on.
1: And Ian, as we are speaking, cases are being detected around the world. You've got countries like Japan and Israel who have closed their borders. In the UK, the government has reintroduced some measures. Quarantines in England, masks are now compulsory in shops and on transport. How effective could these prove to be? I mean, what are the scientists that you've spoken to saying about what public health measures should be coming in?
2: Well, I think a lot of scientists think that these measures are actually swift and good for that reason, and they will help slow it down. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that these measures will stop it in, in other countries or, or actually, you know, really contain the spread of it but it it does buy you time and if we do something sensible with that time which is find out more about this variant find out how it's operating look at data from these other countries and crucially get cracking on getting more shots into people's arms uh, bringing in these other measures like masks and so on that's pretty much the best we can do i think
1: and getting shots into people's arms is one of the things that here in the UK the government is looking at extending the vaccine programme. I mean, if we don't know whether the variant is partially resistant or not, what's the motivation behind this?
2: You are unlikely to get a variant come along that is suddenly absolutely impervious to immunity that comes about from vaccination. So the expectation is that vaccines will still be effective. Um, It's just a matter of to what degree. Say you're going into battle and someone's, you know, and you've got your army lined up and someone comes along and says, look, I'm going to take all your machine guns, all your rifles, all of your, your snazzy weapons off you and I'm going to give you all these muskets. You'll be like, oh, brilliant. No, it's completely blunted your attack against, you know, it, for the fight you're going into. But then what we're doing basically is saying, okay, we may have had our weapons blunted to some extent. But what the vaccination programme does is it says, okay, but you can have a load more of these people with these not so good weapons, but you can have a lot more of them. It's kind of the equivalent what you're doing with the booster vaccine is you're saying, okay, the vaccine may not be as effective as it was before, but we can give you a shot. So you've just got way more of those antibodies and the sheer number will help, even if they are individually not as effective. So it's absolutely a no brainer to do this and to crack on down the age groups with boosters.
1: Yesterday, the UK government did announce that all over-18s in the UK will be offered a booster vaccine following recommendations by the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, and that 12-15 to year olds should be offered a second Covid jab. We also heard from companies like Pfizer, BioNTech and Moderna that they're starting to work on tweaked versions of the vaccines. But of course, even if you can update a vaccine quite quickly, some say within 100 days, you still need to manufacture it and get it out, which can take much longer.
2: That's your bottleneck, is making enough of this stuff and then getting it out to people. And given how long we've had vaccines for coronavirus and what a tiny percentage are vaccinated in some parts of the world, you get a picture as to how that distribution would play out.
1: Ian... In the past, the UK government has been criticised for failing to act quickly and decisively enough. And I didn't want to say the L word, but I will, lockdowns. It is something that's on everyone's minds at the moment. What are your thoughts?
2: We have quite often through this pandemic dragged our feet and left things to the last minute and if you leave things to the last minute you have to come in with the most restrictive and stringent things you can think of which is which is lockdowns we have been pretty lax on encouraging people to wear masks over the past few months we could have done way more on getting people to work from home because that has a whacking effect on the number of contacts you have and a whacking effect on the spread of virus and just going into the winter that would have been a sensible precaution to do in my view At the moment, I'm thinking unless, you know, in the next, well, I can't say when, but unless cases really take off with Omicron and we get massive community transmission, I'm hopeful we can avoid a lockdown. Everybody wants to avoid a lockdown. But if we see suddenly in South Africa that the disease severity is suddenly dramatically worse or that in other countries that have been seeded with the variant, that their cases take off incredibly fast as well, then I think it will become extremely serious over here. And I can't imagine lockdowns being off the table, but absolutely last resort.
1: Ian, thank you very much. No problem. There's still lots to discover about Omicron. And no doubt over the next few weeks, there'll be plenty more details coming out. We'll be keeping a close eye on everything, as will our colleagues, so head to theguardian.com for all our reporting. Thanks again to Ian Sample for joining me. And that's it for today. See you on Thursday. This is The Guardian.